Welcome to the Dharma of the Force, a podcast about the spiritual and philosophical side of Star Wars. If that puts you off, it's just words. And if you think that's all a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, even better. We cannot widen our horizon and grow by never challenging what we believe, and we should always be suspicious of those who tell us what to believe. In some Buddhist traditions, listening to Dharma talks is a spiritual practice. It's not meant to give answers per se. It's an exercise in looking at questions and elaborating on them and finding the truth within yourself. So in that spirit, let us look at today's topic. The Wisdom of Qui-Gon Jinn and Shmi Skywalker Wow, no episode for quite a while. I think I said it before, I don't think just recording an episode because I have to makes a lot of sense. I only want to talk about things that are relevant to me and not follow a weekly schedule. This is a one-man operation after all. Also, there have been some major changes in my private life, so when I was re-watching The Phantom Menace now that I'm a father, I really wanted to talk about the wisdom of Qui-Gon Jinn and Shmi Skywalker. I'll skip the usual ones as I already mentioned them before or they have been discussed by other fans ad nauseum to look at, well, let's call them the lesser known sayings for dramatic purposes. First of all, we see Qui-Gon Jinn's connection to the living force and his readiness to go with the flow as a sign of the will of the force in the way he reacts to his surroundings. He notices that his chance encounter with Jar Jar Binks has implications and it almost seems he's contemplating if the Force brought him together. So he decides to give in and see where it leads. Obi-Wan seems almost surprised by his move to save Jar Jar. What is to become of Jar Jar Binks here? I saved his life. He owes me what you call a life debt. Your gods demand that his life belongs to me now. When Qui-Gon Jinn says greed can be a powerful ally, this is actually picked up in The Last Jedi. A curse weakness properly manipulated can be a sharp tool. And this is once again exactly the angle that advertising companies or politicians use. Use your fears and subconscious greed against you. Your fear of anything that challenges your status quo or will be turned into things get worse if you don't. Girls won't like you as much if you don't wear this perfume, drive this car, have this phone. You won't be cool if you don't wear those sneakers, buy this product or think a certain way. Horrible things will happen if you don't. Dot, dot, dot. Only through me can you achieve a power greater than any Jedi. So instead of a confrontation, he uses someone's vice against them. You could say someone's attachment to certain things like money or prestige. So once again, we talk about the true meaning of the no-attachment rule. That also leads me straight into something Qui-Gon Jinn said earlier in the movie. Don't center on your anxieties. Keep your concentration on the here and now where it belongs. I've spoken about the topic of self-fulfilling prophecies many times and how important it is to live in the now and not to give in to, when I get this, things will get better. Or, you know, I will start going to the gym as soon as those gym shorts I ordered arrive. There is only the now. Don't cloud your present by worries what may happen or regret what happened before. 
Consideration and consequences are important, but not at the cost of the now. If you think you will fail, chances are you will. And I think this is something Qui-Gon would sign off on. But speaking of The Last Jedi, I'm not going to beat a dead horse and talk about how Ryan Johnson, in my opinion, got some bits wrong. Well, maybe I do. But I'd like to point out while the sentiment everyone can use the force might be a nice sentiment like something we tell children. You can be anything you want. When in reality the likelihood of a short person becoming a world-class basketball player or a person with bad eyesight becoming a jet pilot are slim. Qui-Gon's first reaction to sensing Anakin's power is who was his father. So I argue that the bloodline is in reality somewhat relevant. Maybe not even the bloodline, but something in the blood. So call it midichlorians or DNA or whatever you want. Because there can be some mutation or something that leads to the child of tone-deaf parents becoming a world-class musician or the child of simple farmhands becoming a Nobel Prize winner. So never say never. But if you look at the storytelling of Star Wars, The Last Jedi stands out here. Even in Rogue One, the Guardians of the Wills are Force users but lack the ability to be a Jedi. So not everyone can become a Jedi after all. Anakin's heritage was important for Qui-Gon to understand the source of his power. Luke is Anakin's son, Leia is Anakin's daughter, and like it or not, Rey is Palpatine's granddaughter. And you know how they say, something skip a generation, it's perfectly normal for a child that is, let's say, good at drawing, to have a grandparent that is good at drawing, and parents who can't draw at all. Now there will be those who say, why didn't Palpatine's son have this or that? First of all, who knows how the clone thing really works? The several Snoke attempts show that it's not a perfect science, and there is the fact that he most likely ran away without any training, renounced any training he might have had, and or was killed before he reached his full potential, so case dismissed. Then there are of course those cases in which a child is born with a talent that seems to come from nowhere, which is why I assume the Jedi searched the galaxy for force-sensitive kids. Granted, that could have worked with Rey to a certain extent. In history, there are many cases of religious honors being passed down the bloodline, and I think it bears a lot of risk, which is why the Jedi generally don't do it. History is also full of the sons of emperors who went completely insane, so the voluntary asceticism makes once again a lot of sense. Bloodline alone is not a given. Or look at it that way. How many children of good actors become good actors themselves? For every Michael Douglas, there are hundreds of Jaden Smiths. I think it has to do a lot with upbringing, appreciation, and not taking things for granted. After hating the idea of midichlorians, I start wondering whether or not there could be a way to measure the likelihood of force sensitivity, the same way we do DNA tests to see what our tendencies are. If you've ever looked at those, you will know that everything from hair loss to cancer is, is never 100%. It's a predisposition at best. So that's how I see it now. Shmi tells Anakin, be brave and don't look back. Harking back to mythology once again, for example the biblical story of Lot or Orpheus and Eurydice. And this is once again in line with Buddhist teachings. Let go, stop lingering on the past. Don't get incapacitated by grasping onto an ever-changing world. Look ahead. Use the lessons of the past to navigate the future. Take a leap of faith. Don't keep turning back for guidance and comfort. 
She also says, "This path has been placed before you," which is verbatim the Buddhist teaching of impermanence, clinging on to what we know leads to suffering. We see this these days. The world is changing, and we see how many people struggle to adapt and adjust. They look back, hoping things will turn the way they were before, but life is a stream, and memory is selective. There might be periods of calmness that let you linger at a certain place for longer, but there is no forcefully paddling back the currents of time. All the attempts to regain the lost youth or lost feelings we used to have are bound to fail and lead to more suffering. And we all know where that leads to. And this is exactly why Anakin ended up falling to the dark side. The Emperor manipulated his weakness properly and made it into a sharp tool. I'm not sure about this, but wasn't or isn't there a story about Palpatine even orchestrating Shmi's torture by the Tusken Raiders to trigger Anakin's downfall even more? I'm not big on legends, but I think I heard it once. I actually always thought that the title "The Force Awakens" is a bit odd. And this might sound a bit esoteric now, but as Qui-Gon Jinn said about the Medichlorians, when you learn to quiet your mind, you will hear them speaking to you. I always thought that is symbolic, like someone saying in prayer you're speaking to God or something. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but there is no definite canon explanation for Anakin's conception, is there? But knowing canon, it's safe to assume that it's supposed to be an experiment by Palpatine or Plagueis. So one could say that they woke up the Force on purpose. In that case, was Qui-Gon Jinn right to think Anakin was the chosen one? Based on the information available to him, I'd say yes. First of all, a prophecy, as we understand it now, has never been something that would just happen without any issues in mythology. Every story, from fable to fairy tale, always has a teaching element to it. Just think of Midas. What he thought would be his blessing ended up being his downfall. Prophecies and wishes always come with terms and conditions. The prophecy in quotation marks is just a Jedi story, something someone cooked up based on a vision, and even Yoda says it always in motion. The future is. There are a lot of moving parts. Shmi understood that there was something special about Anakin, and so did Qui-Gon Jinn. But the circumstances have been against him. With a strong father figure, he'd have been able to get over his separation anxiety, and just like Luke, proven that there is no too old if you, to use another mythological term, have a pure heart. But his heart has been poisoned by the abrupt death of his person of reference, and then further by the slow. Constant dripping that wears down the stone by Palpatine. Shmi herself, not force sensitive, knowing nothing about the events right after, said, "Now I am complete." Before she died, raising this miracle birth child until he seemingly fulfilled his destiny by leaving to become a Jedi, not knowing about his fate all the years, she saw him grown up, saw. That he became a powerful Jedi, and died happily, thinking that she did her part in all of this. If only she knew. I'm sure that there are some clickbait sensationalist YouTubers who disagree with everything I said, but Qui-Gon Jinn said it best. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. 
If you want to support me or this podcast, don't send money. I don't have a Patreon. Find a charity of your choosing and donate. And do yourself a favor and switch off your phone, disconnect and just sit in silence for a few minutes. Close your eyes and breathe. Just breathe.